brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. Welcome to Sip, Suds, and Smokes, the Family Feud Edition. I am one of your hosts today, good old boy Mike. And joining me for the Family Feud Edition are good old gal Juliana. Hey, everyone. And good old boy Dave. Let's drink beer. <laughs> so, uh, if you have not heard uh, about uh, this episode, I've been looking forward to this for some time. Me too. Me three. <clears throat> so, uh, this episode is going to be uh, all about beer. Our sub segments are where everything good in life is worth discussing. Um, we also talk about on our sub episode, it's all about beer, beer, and definitely more beer. And today we have a very interesting segment. This is a family feud edition, and it's about two brothers uh, from Denmark, Jeppe Jarnet. Uh, Bergosko, I am probably butchered his last name, and Mikkel Borg Bersko are both passionate about beer and not uh, about each other. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, all about uh, making beer as well. It's it's down to the point that they rarely even speak to each other. Yep. And so this feud is producing some really great beer that we'll actually be discussing today, and we'll cover some background about this family feud and talk a little bit about the brothers themselves <clears throat> we're going to be going through uh, a couple of beers uh, actually more than a couple we have 14 beers i think we're going through today or 12 uh, 12 Ooh. beers we're going to go through today so nice. here's the lineup uh, we're going to have from mckeller uh, we're going to have the coffee ipa the invasion farmhouse ipa the doppelbach uh, the black hole ipa and it's alive is what we're going to have from mckeller <clears throat> And uh, uh, what did I what did I butcher there? Sorry, sir. The beer geek brunch. Oh, the weasel. beer geek brunch. Yeah. That is correct. I forgot. Yes. Did you just call him a weasel? I did. No, oh. I, f- I forgot one of the key beers we had for uh, for them as well. From uh, Evil Twin, uh, we have uh, Ashtray Heart, Ryan and the Beaster Bunny, Hop Flood, a Yang, Imperial Biscotti Break. And Justin Blaber are the uh, beers that we have to go through. For I have Blaber fever. <laughs> yes, are you the do. beers we have from uh, <laughs> Evil Twin. So um, those are uh, the beers that we're going to get to go through today. We're going to be talking about these beers and rating them, and telling us about how we're going to be going about doing that is going to be good old boy Dave today. We'll be tasting and discussing these beers and rating them with the Sids. Uh, Suds ratings. <laughs> Can you tell I've had a few beers? These Suds ratings plus our signature. I'm too, I'm too <laughs> read to drink. <laughs> wow. <laughs> plus our signature burping sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Number two, was that a belch? Number three, ah, what a relief. 
Number four, a body should really not make that sound. And number five, listen to that hang time, give me another. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Wrong button there. <clears throat> well, thank you, Dave, for uh, going over our Sip Suds and Smoke Suds ratings uh, here for the show. I know that you won't be driving soon, so I'm not that worried. Uh, that uh, we're going to be talking about these. We have had a lot of these beers to uh, sample, and I look forward to uh, talking about all of these. So let's uh, provide a little bit of background before the game uh, begins. So our episode here is going to be uh, probably a two-part series. Uh, So if you're listening to this uh, episode, and be sure and listen to the rest on uh, part two of this uh, two-part episode. Uh, So Mikel uh, is one of the brothers, uh, has been brewing as a phantom brewer uh, or gypsy brewing, and Mikel is one of the best-known practitioners of doing something like this. McKellar beers are distributed on more of a beer-by-beer basis, but mostly in Europe and in the eastern parts of the U.S. is where you can find McKellar beers. Now, Jeppe is the other brother, uh, created Evil Twin Brewery, which operates out of Brooklyn, and co-founded a bar called Torst, uh, and is well-known and is also a good Belching Zone nominee uh, that hosts Evil Twin Brews. Uh, Evil Twin Beer had actually brewed in many different locations on a contract basis for the most part they've been brewing with Westbrook uh, Brewing Um, Evil Twin is mostly distributed also in Europe and in the eastern half of the US so uh, for those of you that are not geographically bound by a place where you can find uh, either of these beers that's kind of the general place that you'll you'll find all of these Um, I will tell you that uh, my last trip to uh, Alabama, uh, I actually found a whole panacea of uh, both Evil Twin and McKellar in uh, Alabama, which I thought was wow, <clears throat> very surprising. And the quality of the selections, even that was at that particular store, um, I was uh, quite impressed that even uh, with the locations in New York, I did not find as good a selection in New York as I found actually in Alabama, which was kind of weird. You know, you find a lot of weird things in Alabama. Um, (laughs) Personally, I've I've seen some very very disturbing things, but um, they really... I'm sorry, I meant to... (laughs) See, you got that one correct. (laughs) I was expecting the... There we go. (laughs) Go ahead, Dave. Tell us what you think about Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Give me another. <laughs> so uh, the Danish press has uh, caught uh, wind of this conflict's biblical uh, proportion uh, between the two brothers are now sworn enemies. Uh, Thomas Schoen, who was a McKellar, uh, he was actually McKellar's first employee, told the New York Times recently that the twins suffer from a pronounced personality clash. Uh, it was uh, it was a big relief for Mikkel when Jeppe moved to Brooklyn. It was like the Danish beer scene wasn't big enough for the two of them. Mikkeller's operation manager, Jacob uh, Jean Alzing, I probably butchered your name, sorry about that, said that the subject of Jeppe is very sensitive for Mikkel to talk about. Mikkel uh, himself put it this way, 
You know Oasis, the Gallagher Brothers. <clears throat> they were one of the most successful bands in the world, but those guys had problems with each other. With twins, he said, it's a matter of seeing yourself in another person and sometimes seeing something that you don't like. I don't like people in the great state of Alabama. <laughs> wow. I'm <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> Wrong button there. <laughs> we just well, want your beer. We don't like I've already you. been we banned from Alabama. Beer, you know, people have shut us off. All the radio stations have taken us off. <clears throat> well, while the feud is taking place, they both have really been producing some really great beer. And uh, we're going to get right to uh, some of the beer to talk about. So uh, we're going to have six questions about the brothers. Uh, and representing uh, Team um, McKellar is going to be Juliana. Yeah. Mm. A.K.A. Oh, sorry, the second-place finisher. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and representing uh, Team Evil Twin is going to be good old boy Dave. Evil. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know if we're going to get through all of this. So. <clears throat> all right. So... Uh, we actually have buzzers here for each of our contestants, and uh, they will be uh, will be going through the six questions. And whoever, uh, whatever person has the most creative or the most correct answer, gets to pick a beer to talk about. I like that there's review. a choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to I had to provide some leeway. There is beer involved, so I had to you know say I don't know if you're going to get any of these right. So I got to go with either correct or creative. So. Plus, Juliana cheats. All right. So if you don't know the sound of Family Feud, the first uh, uh, sound you'll hear after we read a question will be the buzzer. And then they'll get to uh, answer a question. They'll get it right or they'll get it wrong, which will be the sound that Dave will be hearing most often. Yes. All right. (laughs) Hear that in my sleep. (laughs) So here we go with uh, the first question here on the Family Feud. Come on down. First question. What did Mikel do before he started brewing? He Good was... Gal Juliana. He was a badass high school science teacher. Correct. Protest. Question number one. It, Whatever. She got to practice, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I will tell you that all of our uh, questions uh, were derived from the New York Times article on this feud. That was a very good article. And uh, it was a very good article, and I enjoyed reading it. And if you would like to know about more about the family feud between the two guys here, you should definitely check that uh, article out. But it has inspired this this episode as well as beer. All right. Uh, Team uh, McKellar, uh, what, uh, what was your top beer that you got to pick out of the McKellar beers? Well, one of my top beers that I really enjoyed was It's Alive. Oh, cool. Yeah, and the reason why I like this was for a couple of reasons. Um, It is claimed to be um, their version of a Trappist beer, so McKellar's doing his own take. But I really liked the fact that it's, it's a very hoppy, and um, it's a very comfortable beer to me, for lack of a better word. And it's very approachable for an American taste palate. So uh, let me introduce a little bit about uh, this beer as well. Uh, the uh, McKellar It's Alive is uh, considered a Belgian strong ale. Uh, this is from Copenhagen uh, by McKellar. Um, the ABV on this is 8%. Um, it is... Uh, 
It's actually supposed to be a tribute to a Trappist beer or ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's actually classified as a Belgian strong ale, although I have a tough time describing it as such. So uh, what were some of the other uh, tasting characteristics around this that you like? Um, the, the hot profile in it. You know, like, I enjoy Belgians, but sometimes I feel like they're a little too malty and not enough and not enough hoppy, which I know is the characteristic of what a Belgian is, but what I really enjoyed about this is for American taste palettes, they would really, this would be a go-to introduction into the world of Belgian beers because you're getting that hop-forward flavor as well as the, the Belgian maltiness. Mm-hmm. So what's going to be your Suds rating on It's Alive? A Giving four. it a four. Wow, how about that? <clears throat> body should really not make that sound. So, uh, Dave, did you have a chance to uh, taste It's Alive, and what are some of your tasting notes around it? I did taste it, and I also enjoyed it very much. I I don't know that I would consider it truly a Trappist either. Um, I've had Orval, and it's, it's kind of different. Um, I do think like what juliana said this is a great introductory beer for people who want to get into belgians because it's you can definitely taste the bread but it's not overpowering Hmm. and it balances with a nice um a nice malty uh flavor with a little bit of the spiciness i didn't get as much of the hop as she did but i do think um it's a very approachable beer and um, I enjoyed drinking it very much. So what's your Suds rating for It's Alive? I gave it a four. Wow, a four as well. How about that? So uh, some of my tasting notes around McKellar It's Alive is, you know, I uh, thought that it was a light bread. Um, it was kind of sweet. Um, it was a bit malt forward um, for me. <clears throat> right. um, but I wrote down the word different. And, uh, you know, I... It, Belgian strong ale is a pretty broad, you know, range yeah. in terms of yeah. a, that means a, lot of a flavor profile, you know, itself. And uh, I thought that um, I would agree with your comment, Dave. I would have difficulty in describing this as something close to Arval. I thought it was more uh, they described it as a tribute, right, uh, right. to Trappist style beers. And I think from that perspective, and I know that. Uh, um, Mikel actually went through a lot of apprenticeship process of yeah. learning how to uh, brew um, with a lot of monasteries, as well as, I think, one of the Trappist uh, mm-hmm. um, breweries um, itself. So I really liked this beer. I thought it was great. Um, <clears throat> uh, my said's rating for It's Alive is also uh, four. Uh, nice. How about that? All the way around. So there we are. So there's our first question and our first beer. Hopefully people are not tuning out right now. <laughs> so we have a lot more uh, good questions ahead of us here. All right, so come on down. All right, question number two. How many different beers did Mikkel produce in 2013? Good old boy Dave. One billion. <laughs> <laughs> For the steal, good old gal Juliana. 124. I knew that. <laughs> of course you did. 
Of course you can. That is correct. 124 is the correct answer. All right, Team McKellar gets to talk about your top yes. pick number two here for Team McKellar. Okay, well, I want <clears throat> to go into a little bit of the crazy because whatever. It's like um, every day. <laughs> I would like to talk about the Beer Geek Brunch Weasel. Ooh, okay. Yes, yes. I found it a very interesting and very flavorful beer. Um, So for those of you that may have never heard about it, um, what's interesting about this beer is that it's made from a particular animal um, called the Kivet Cat. Merkat. Merkat Cat. Yeah. Yes, it has cat poop in it. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but evidently... <laughs> People like cat poop. Yeah, I, I could have had a so. very different reaction. I mean, people could really get angry about this rather yes. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they can. They can. But what's cool about it is that, okay, for... A strong oatmeal stout, it's a very, it, it is a little on the sweet side for me, but it's a very interesting interpretation of an oatmeal stout, and um, very smooth and very tasty. Hmm. So what's going to be your sedge rating for Beer Geek Brunch, then? I'm giving this a four as well. A four as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Body should not make that sound. Uh, good old boy Dave, did you have a chance to check out Beer Greek Breakfast and what was I mean, what you thought about it? <laughs> I did, and I definitely tasted the weasel. Um, <laughs> did you now? I, I did not enjoy this beer. Um, it's, you know, if you're going to call it an imperial oatmeal stout, then don't put coffee in it, poop or not. Um <laughs> It, it definitely has the body, um, and there is some sweetness in it, but I think the coffee comes in and adds a bitterness to it that really overtakes the sweetness at the end. Hmm. So um, I gave this one a two. Wow. Oh. <clears throat> Was that a belch? <laughs> or a dagger in my heart. Or a dagger in your heart, you think, huh? My uh, tasting notes around uh, Beer Geek uh, Brunch were, you know, I, I just thought it was uh, uh, too sweet. Uh, it was the thing that I wrote down first. Um, you, know, I, you know, there was always, there was some balance that I was looking for there. Um, and uh, it, there was more cola, you know, type yeah. quality that was kind of coming into play, you know, for the beer for me. Um you know the other flavor descriptions of what was in the the bottle. You know, be it the cat or the whatever. I just, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if that was tossing something off, but it just, you know, for me it was a sweet cola and not what I tend to right. enjoy uh, when I when I'm thinking about uh, beers that are oatmeal stout. So, Julian, I know we were talking about uh, uh, beers that you're actually entering in a homebrew competition, and this is a style that you're going after as well, right? An oatmeal style. This is. Um, and although this is kind of sweet, and I'm not sure where, I mean, obviously it's an imperial oatmeal stout, so you're getting some sweetness from there. Um, also of note, as it has warmed up, I'm tasting more roastiness in this beer than I did mm. initially. Initially, it was a lot sweeter. Um, but there's a fine line between... You know, oatmeal stouts, you want them to have that balance of sweetness and roastiness. So uh, we tend to find oatmeal stouts out there that tend to be on the sweet end of things. Um, 
you know, so it's nice to be able to have something that is really roasty. Now, there's degrees of roasty, whether you're getting it from the chocolate malts or whether you're getting it from the toasted oatmeal malts. Mm. Um, so, you know, depending on how the brewer decides to make his style um, will depend on where you get the sweetness or whether you get, like, a heavy roastiness. Yeah. Uh, so is this a flavor profile that you're going after for your oatmeal stout? Actually, no. It hmm. is not. No. I'm hmm. going for... Okay, A, I'm not making an imperial oatmeal stout. <laughs> um, but my oatmeal stout is more roasty because when I think of a true oatmeal stout, it is a very roasty beer. Uh, well, there you have it. Uh, Plus, yeah. none of the grains were processed through any animal <laughs> uh, Allegedly. Before, before being put into the beer. <laughs> now, after the beer is made, yes, they're well, all processed. Through. Yes, through many animals. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong button. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, definitely any food product traveling through an animal, I don't know, there's something questionable about that. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, it definitely not uh, probably if somebody had asked me uh, an oatmeal stout I don't know that I would probably put this you know in in uh, in the company of that description I didn't offer up my set rating did I I don't no. think I did which was uh, three for uh, beer gate breakfast so uh, what a relief <clears throat> all right good deal so um, we have uh, two questions down and uh, a couple more to go here all right uh, come on down All right, question number three. What is the name of the Brooklyn neighborhood where you'll find tourists and probably Jeppe sitting on a stool? Good old boy, Dave. Greenpoint. Oh, (laughs) dude. I'm sorry. Correct answer. It is Greenpoint. I wrote it down on my arm and everything. You know, <laughs> you know. I know that everyone's everyone's rooting for you, but at the same time, they're they're just somehow they're rooting against you. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Story of my life. Name of evil twin. That is uh, definitely correct. Is uh, Greenpoint is the name of the neighborhood where Torched is, and a nominee for Good Belching Zone. I've spent quite a bit of time at Torch, and I actually sat on a store right beside Jeppe at uh, Torch one evening. It was kind of a uh, a strange uh, experience. It was one of, I don't know, four or five times that I went in and um, I was just sitting there at the bar and chatting up with a bunch of other people and guys sat next to me, you know, and um, he said, uh, hey, have you ever tried, uh, I can't even remember what beer he, he asked me about. I don't even think it was an evil twin beer. Um and it was a beer that I had not had before. We ended up chatting about it, and he said, "I'm, you know, I'm Jeff Hay from Evil Twin." I'm like, "Wow!" I'm said, "How cool to meet you." You know, I said, uh, "You know, I love the bar here. It's just, it's just so cool." Um, you were telling me too that it has some kind of advanced draft technology. That is correct. Uh, one of the uh, interesting features of Taurus is they have the. Uh, uh, what is the name of that? Flux, Flux capacitor, capacitor, right? I knew I'd think of it. <clears throat> Where that can actually adjust the temperature and the com- uh, amount of CO2 pressure 
that is applied for that particular beer. So they actually have the ability of stylizing the distribution system based on the beer itself. That's wild. That is just uh, amazing. And definitely um, very cool technology. That wasn't necessarily the reason why they were uh, a good Belching Zone nominee, although it is very cool. Um, I would certainly say the quality of the beers that they have in Taurus, uh, the clientele, uh, is, and just the atmosphere itself. Greenpoint is a really great part of Brooklyn. Um, it's a traditionally Polish neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, really uh, lots of great restaurants. Um, definitely, if you love uh, you know a good stuffed cabbage dish, I would mm-hmm. absolutely tell people to, right, to head right. to uh, Greenpoint. It's a really great place. Yeah. It's just right across the street from uh, Tours. Was it um, pretty? Was Tours pretty busy the whole time you were there? You know, it uh, there's an ebb and flow uh, that I noticed at least in the times that I was in Tours. Um, it was uh, during the week was most of the time that I was there and. You know, it wasn't absolutely packed to the gills. Some of the other places in New York City, I would certainly say it doesn't matter on the day of the week. It's just going to be, you know, so busy you don't want right. to go, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to, uh, you know, go for elbow room to get up to the bar and stuff. But <clears throat> nothing like that, uh, you know, at tours. Um, part of it is because uh, a little bit of effort, you know, to try and get to Greenpoint. It's, uh, it's not on... It's in Brooklyn, and it's in an area of Brooklyn that's uh, probably not as predominant as uh, some of the other parts of uh, Brooklyn itself. It's on the far north side of Brooklyn. I mean, you're literally staring at Queens, you know, probably when you right. walk out the door. Oh, um, wow. It yeah. is that far north. Okay. Um, so it is, uh, it's not close to downtown Brooklyn or uh, down by uh, uh, the south side, uh, Red Hook, uh, you know, down around that side of the uh, of Brooklyn itself. So. Yeah. But a great place. All right. Uh, Team Evil Twin, what's your uh, top pick that you want to talk about here? Top pick for Evil Twin is going to be the Imperial Creme Brulee. Ooh. Imperial Porter. Coffee Porter. Biscotti Break. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? I don't you know said, I said. Uh, you said everything but. Oh. Yeah. Somebody was Imperial. talking about Creme Brulee earlier and threw me off yes but the biscotti break i'm sorry jeppe if you hear this i meant to say biscotti break wow. um this is a you know a lot of times these days porters get lost um in the world of imperial stouts and different kinds of stouts so porter is not always as appreciated as it should be um, the main difference between a porter and a stout is a little bit of the roastiness, you know, and that can really be the only difference. Um, stouts usually have the roasted malt and things like that. Um, this is a big, sweet, delicious beer that's very complex because it starts out sweet and, and, and big and full of flavor, but it finishes with a nice dryness to it um, that I find uh, makes it easier to drink a lot of it. Um, I, uh, as it warmed up, um, it gets better. Um, and it's one of those beers that pour it when it's cold, take a sip, and then just sit back and wait for the party to come. 
Um, I, I'm a big fan of it. So I gave it, and this is Biscotti Break. I'm going to say the name again correctly. I gave this a four. A four. A body should really not make that sound. Juliana, did you have a chance to uh, taste Imperial Biscotti Break from Evil Twin? I did. And um, I enjoyed it as well. I think it's a good girl's beer for hmm. those that must that are, be why I like it. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, for girls that are afraid of dark beers because they think they're going to be too roasty, too sour, too astringent, this is a great introduction. Because, yes, it is a porter, but that sweetness on the beginning um, is right there in the forefront. And it'll ease you into what a porter tastes like. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, like you, I'm giving it a four. A four as well. A body should okay. really not make that sound. Hmm. Wow. Uh, so, we have 12 beers uh, here. And uh, the Evil Twin Imperial Biscotti Break, uh, there's a couple of times that I've written down the word wow at mm-hmm. the very beginning of my tasting notes. And this was one of them. Now... <clears throat> Uh, Evil Twin makes this beer in a, a non-imperialized version. It's just called Evil Twin Biscotti Break. Yeah. And uh, they've been playing around with the recipe, you know, at times yeah. uh, as well. This is the first time I've had the imperial uh, version. <laughs> this is the perfect coffee porter. Yeah. If somebody asked me what should a coffee porter taste like, <clears throat> I would hands down hand this to them as the reference standard of saying this is exactly what you're aiming for. I thought it had great coffee, roasty, <clears throat> uh, you know, definitely um, uh, porter style, just a hint of cocoa, just incredible balance uh, in the beer itself. Um, it, I just... I think the only thing I was disappointed about this is that I didn't actually finish my entire sample. <laughs> I was about the only thing that I didn't do. And I'm sitting here eyeing the bottle uh, through the glass that we're staring we at are. going, oh, my God, I can't, I can't wait to get to the rest of this because it was just uh, a phenomenal beer. My such rating for Evil Twin Imperial Biscotti Break is going to be a five. Nice. <clears throat> Listen to that hang time. Give me another. I can't think of any finer... Uh, uh, beer um, that I've had in this style than uh, than this one. You a know really what's cool beer. about it too is that a lot of times with beers like this, we call them dessert beers, or we say, you know, you couldn't drink a lot of it or something like that. But this one, you actually could do a pint, a full pint, and not really. Yeah, worry I don't about think it, it would be so uh, sweet that you would go, "Wow, I am stuffed." Yeah, um, yeah. I think that uh, while I think that. <clears throat> I can definitely see enjoying this in a, a half size, you know, snifter uh, style. Sure, having a full pint of it would just be just as enjoyable. Uh, absolutely. So great, uh, great beer. I'm really glad that uh, this was in the lineup and a great example of the wide variety of things that I think both of the brothers are doing here. So uh, great choice, uh, Team Evil Twin. All right, so those are our first three questions uh, here on our two-part series. Uh, So we'll wrap up at least this episode. Be sure to catch the rest of our Family Feud uh, episode on part two. 
uh, which will be coming up probably the week right after this episode. For right now, <clears throat> I want to uh, thank all of our listeners on Sip, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native, native media host. You're still trying to figure out where Uncle John's basement is, aren't you? I am. I'm searching. <laughs> she's been to Uncle John's attic, but she's never seen the basement. You know, I just I, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to call me. You know, and go. Uh, I'm looking for Uncle John's yeah. basement. <laughs> or where, where's hey, that? This at? is Uncle John. What have you been <laughs> doing, doing, doing in my basement, my boy? <laughs> boy? You got some good, good beard down there, don't you? <clears throat> Our terrestrial radio station hosts are always expanding and praying that we actually have something worthy that they can put on the air. <laughs> Keep trying, buddy. <laughs> if you'd like to hear this show on your favorite radio station, send them a note and a case of beer and copy us as well. We prefer the With beer, the case not of the beer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can reach us online anytime at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. At Smokes is our handle, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a really big help. It helps us get to the top of a lot of search engines, and a lot of other people can find us that way. And we also get to see your feedback as well, and occasionally we might read some of that feedback here on the show as well. <clears throat> Most of all, I want to thank my uh, co-host uh, for joining me for this part one of our family feud, good old gal Juliana. Thank you for being here. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Three strikes and you're out. <laughs> no, it's not the bonus round yet. <laughs> Good old boy, Dave. Thanks for being here for this uh, episode as well. Drink more beer. <laughs> well, <laughs> be sure and catch the uh, second half of our two-part episode here on the Family Feud. This is good old boy, Mike. I'm going to ask you to keep on sipping. been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.